and we're back with another episode of the Under Pressure podcast. My name is Jake Barker, your host as always. Now, during during the week, we've had some posts, so I really uh, hope that uh, I can get some likes out there and some maybe some sharing it around to some people that we know, and that would be fantastic. On we do have our social media. Uh, both Instagram, Twitter, and we do have Facebook, uh, under, under Pressure One Underscore and Under Pressure Podcast if you're on Facebook as well. Now, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as the Podbean app that you can get on both uh, Android and Apple uh, devices. Uh, we're also on Spotify. Uh, you can find us at Under Pressure Podcast. And this week, I've managed to get us onto Google Podcasts, which is fantastic. Now, we are... We have another guest this week after we had a chat with Spencer Worrell last week, very much a, uh, a basketball uh, fanatic, it would be safe to say. Now, this week, we've got one of my, one of my good mates, Zach Schleffel. How are you doing, mate? Good. Thanks, Jake. No, very nice to be here. Thanks for the invite. It's lovely to have something to do in lockdown, I've got to say. I was pretty excited all day about this. <laughs> no, great to hear. Great to hear. Great to have you on as well. It's uh that's exactly right. It is something to do, pretty much. But it's it's going to be it's a lot of fun, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm glad glad to have you on. And we're, I mean, I don't know if you know the the, the premise of the show. We're going to just talk about some uh, some uh, unfortunate events, maybe that uh, have happened over time, and um, just just to let people know about injuries and, and different things that you can do to to get yourself through them. And uh, I know for one that, that it can be difficult. So and I'm and that's why that's why we've got yourself on to, to have a bit of a chat about uh, injuries and all that as well as uh, maybe a bit of uh, stuff about the dogs and uh, maybe a bit of F1 and possibly some NFL that's uh, starting very soon so yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun now let's let's crack right into it uh, so at a young age what kind of sports uh, did you sort of play and did you have you been playing them since uh, do you still play them at the moment yeah, so I was a massive sports kid. Um, I'd be out the front uh, front yard from as soon as I got home from school to when it got dark, uh, kicking my mini footy uh, and, you know, played um, junior footy and junior cricket um, all through primary school. And then that's when uh, the injury bug hit me for the first time and I got some growing uh, some growing issues um, and, and missed a couple of years of sport at the start of high school. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. And never really got back to any heights uh, after that. So <laughs> uh, very quickly, that. <laughs> uh, well, maybe 20 years later, but uh, at, at the time, yeah. uh, luckily I was a pretty realistic kid um, and realised that I was no good at footy and um, wasn't going to be kicking a goal to win a grand final. So I popped on the uh, the green shirt and started umpiring. Um you know, I identified that as something that might uh, might suit me quite well, being a bit of a bossy <laughs> kid, uh, and and sort of never stopped there since. So I've done 500 games yeah. of, of footy umpiring okay. uh, over sort of 15 years, um, and you know really enjoyed that for probably the first 10 years, and then it sort of probably starts to get the the better of you after a while, and you get a bit sick of you know, people um, uh, <laughs> shouting at you and complaining, but um, yep. yeah, uh, that's been a, a big sort of part of my growing up. And then um, I also started cricket umpiring when I was 18 as well. Um, umpired yeah. some premier cricket um, and then realised that standing in the sun for eight hours a day um, wasn't so much fun. So I decided to just move slightly over into the field and, yep. and stood in the field uh, playing cricket again. 
uh, when I was 22 and been playing that um, for the last six years. So, um, you know, I love, love sport, probably um, not as good as, as I, I wish I was, but um, I don't think it's about that. It's about sort of getting out there with your mates and having fun. And um, it's, and that's why sports such a great part of Melbourne and our community. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, yeah. I, I mean, that's the, that's the reason I play. We're like, I know we, we both play at this, the same career club and it's just local sport. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You get to get out there with your mates and it's, it's just a bit, it's just, it's just fun. Like it, it's, that, that's what it is. And you can get out and do pretty much anything, any sport. There's plenty of clubs out there to do whatever sport that you'd like cricket, basketball, netball. Like there's, there's just everything for everyone. So yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more there. That's for sure. Now you did, you did mention, um, the umpiring as well. I'm uh, very interested. Very interested in that. You're still doing it uh, to this day as well. Yes, I I had retired, um, but uh, lockdown happened, and then it's it's you know you get sick of running around on concrete around on hilly back streets uh, in in lockdown. And uh, when I came out of it, decided that I needed that forced run again. So uh, um, put the whistle back on the fingers and have done a few more games this year. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's still like there's you know there's good parts of it and um, running around and watching a bit of footy and getting paid for it's not the worst thing. So um, you know if you if you're someone out there that doesn't think sport's quite right for you but you like your footy, you know, umpiring's another path where um, you can definitely make friends with umpiring and be a part of the game and you know it's great fitness as well. Um, so there's a lot of it ticks, ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I, that's exactly right. I mean, as you said, there when you think about like playing sports, it, it's, you just think, Oh, I have to be a player in that particular game. And as you said, there's so many different aspects and no matter what level that you, you might be playing it at, you could be a coach, you could be an umpire, as you said, and you could be a trainer. You could be, you could be whatever, a boot, the stutters who, <laughs> who clean the boots and whatnot. Like is if you're involved, like, and you love the sport, then that's, that'll get you into it. And it'll be just like, just as fun. And you get to be, around the game as you said too which is exactly which is the main yeah. thing about it so and it makes getting abused a little bit easier as well if you're an umpire so uh <laughs> that's and i'm sure it gets a bit more hairy around finals time as well <laughs> absolutely it's almost lucky we're in lockdown because uh you know no no finals at the moment but you know if uh if we come back in October or something, yeah, there might be some pent up frustration for footy players that are going straight into finals. So we'll see what happens. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's very true. People might be uh, wanting to get out there and uh, make some make some moves, and that you might have to give some unfortunate calls to. Have you had to give any? Uh, I'm, am I right in saying that that you can give out cards and things during games? Is that right? It's, I mean, I know absolutely it's very much a soccer thing, but I'm sure it is in footy, in local footy especially. Yep, uh, a few reds, a few yellows. I have sent off an AFL footballer um, back in oh, back oh, in his please school do days. Tell. Please do tell. All right, I'll tell the story. It doesn't actually. It's not a great reflection on me, to be honest. Um, but it was a it was a game at Scotch College, and um, it was actually my brother's year level. I knew a lot of the guys quite well. But um, Darcy Byrne Jones was running along behind me, um, and I heard someone call me a dickhead. And I turned around and he was sort of the only one there. Yeah. Um, and I said, was that you? And he had a pretty sheepish look on his face. Yep. Um, so I, I told him to go and have a rest. Um, <laughs> and then the coach afterwards was pretty surprised that someone like Darcy would, would actually abuse an umpire. And it, it just, it's, 
I've always wondered since you shouldn't cut, you shouldn't card people if you don't actually see it. Um, but you know, it was, it was an educated guess, but there's always that part of me that has wondered whether I might've nabbed the wrong person there. But uh, even if I did, then the person that actually did it um, has, has that um, weight on his shoulders anyway. So I think it, 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 it sent a message anyway. So I'll, I'll claim it was okay. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah, you'll claim that it was that it was actually Darcy Burton Jones, and I mean he's doing all right for himself now as well. So I don't think it affected him too much. <laughs> but no, he's learnt he's learnt some good lessons from me, I reckon, and that's part of the reason why he's the footballer he is today. Oh, so yeah, certainly not that haircut though. That's a that's a that's a ripping haircut he's got going there. But, uh, well, I can't comment at the moment actually, Jake, because I've done I've buzzed the sides. Oh, you buzzed. So. <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah, no, no love comment it. from me <laughs> i can't talk that's why i'm wearing a hat today I'm, that's 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 why i'm doing that too so i won't make any more comment but now sort of leading towards sort of the unfortunate side that that is also involved in sport and, and that is injuries and i know i know you for a while that you've experienced some some unfortunate injuries and at some unfortunate times as well so I know you'd probably rather not <laughs> discuss them too much, but what what have you what have you done over the years in in sports, and what sports did you do them in? Yeah, so um, the, when you told me we we're going to talk about injuries, um, I did ask you, you know, whether it was going to be a twenty four hour podcast with you and I. We could uh, we could probably get a whole day's worth of content in, but we'll we'll keep it shortish. So, yeah. as I said, I had some uh, issues, sort of my um, you know. 13, 14 years of old with some growing stuff, went through the heels and the knees. Um, and that, that sort of just set, set me back a long way and then sort of never never got back to sort of pre, pre that in terms of like feeling really good about my body. But um, the, the main things I've had, I've had sort of three, I've had three bouts of surgery. Um, the first one was sort of plant, more planned going in. Um, which was hip yeah. surgery. I had some extra bone on the hip um, and a labyrinth hair. So we fixed that one up. Um, I got to a stage where I couldn't sit down for more than 15 minutes without being in um, wow. quite, quite bad pain. So um, yeah. that one, that was a big, a big one for me. It made a big difference. And then my major one, when I went back to cricket, um, sort of out of nowhere, you don't expect to do a big injury at cricket. Um, but I just changed my run up and um, landed on my back foot um in in the in, a, in the run-up um and tore yeah. my acl um and at the time didn't realize i'd tore my acl and went and stood at points uh thinking it was getting feeling a bit better and thought i'd be okay and i uh, went down to uh, bend down to pick a ball up and added meniscus tear mcl tear and pretty bad bone bruising so that was our that was the big one my first surgeon said to me uh he said don't think you should ever play sport again stick to cycling and um and swimming and and things like that and wow. i decided at that point i wasn't ready to um to make that decision so i uh, got a new surgeon um who said it wasn't up to him to tell me what to do and yeah and, no definitely uh, fi and fix me up and um you know it took a like i, I played I play cricket sort of nine months later but um it probably took uh well arguably ne never got back to sort of pre-knee um Again, and then I did a, um, another tour of meniscus again playing cricket, um, bowling off spin, like this, this is crazy. Um, and just, just <laughs> spot, like just twisted slightly yeah. and um, badly tore the meniscus. Um, and we'll probably go into a little bit of why that happened in a bit, but um, I think rehab is really important when you get a, a big injury. And um, yeah. I think 
you know, I didn't quite do it properly the first time. And um, that left me susceptible to doing it again. And that second one, while it was at the time, it was, um, you know, really bad to miss another three months of sport, uh, really, like it taught me that I had to do rehab properly and really fix myself up and, you know, touch wood, haven't had another problem and um, body's a lot stronger now and um, feel like I can cope with sport better. So, you know, there's some silver lining sometimes to, to bad things that happen. Oh, hundred percent. And as you said, I, I was very much the same as well with, with, with the, in, with the injuries. I was very probably immature when it came to um, when I did my first one and probably didn't do the rehab, as you said, it probably is a hundred percent as I could that very first time. And you, you do learn from those, you do learn from those things and it can, obviously it helps you going to help you later on in life because doing, doing obviously a, a big major knee injury is something you want to get right. Cause obviously it, it may affect you down the track as well, which I'm, <laughs> which it has for, which it has for both of us again uh, on top yeah. of the original one. So um, doing the uh, rehab is definitely uh, the, the number one, but I did do had, do have a bit of a, a different question for you to do with the injury itself. So when you, when you had done it and sort of, you, you knew what was happening, you knew the next 10, 12 months was going to be, um, not great for you. Uh, in terms, how did you, how did you feel you, you dealt with that mentally? Uh, in terms of uh, how it affected, like knowing that you can't get out there and play with your mates and and even just do simple things like like running and just competing in in different sports. That's a great, really great question, Jake. And I was going to bring this up regardless of whether you uh, asked me or not. So I'm really <laughs> glad you asked me. Um, I think mentally, it was almost harder mentally than it was physically. Um, I think sometimes yeah. it's um, like at the time, like um, when everyone finds out, you know, they're all like saying, I hope you're okay and all that stuff. But um, but that sort of, that lasts for 12 months for us in terms of doing um, like sort of getting getting back to normal and, Mm. Um, I, I didn't handle it like it was such a shock to me when I did it. Um, I think um, you know you're playing cricket, you don't expect to do your knee, but it was such a shock, and I, I don't, I didn't handle it very well. Um, like um, I, I think you know part of the problem is you know then you're not with your friends as much because um, you know yeah. you're at home recovering or whatever, and then you know you're in the gym doing rehab and they're playing sport, and you sort of feel very isolated from everyone else and yeah you know they're they're getting on with their lives and doing normal stuff um and and you know you're just in your little bubble trying to get yourself better but you yeah. sort of, you don't feel like you don't feel as connected with people and i just it was just you know i um i didn't didn't handle it very well pretty grumpy the first two or three months like just really flat um and i just found it really really difficult um but at the same time um you know, I learned a lot from it um, in terms of sort of, um, I was like really down um, for parts of that year, um, but sort of um, learned a lot about myself and, and sort of understood, um, you know, when I get um, really flat and um, sort of what the triggers are and um, how to sort of look after yourself mentally better. And, um, and I, I genuinely think like, I obviously would, would have preferred not to have done my knee because I've, I'm still sort of, um, mm. my body's not as good as it was but in terms of of the person I am today um, that was really important for me that um, that sort of uh, that year and I learned a lot about myself and um, you know it's just a reminder that um, 
uh, for, you know, not for, for a lot of people, sports, it, like it's people don't get injured and um, it's great and you've got, you, you got no worries. But for, you know, I think I can include you in this category, Jack, for, for injury-prone people like us, yeah. every game that we, um, that we get to play um, is a, it's awesome that we're out there, but B like, you got to make the most of it and really enjoy it. And, um, and yeah. So like every time I get to, you know, play a game of cricket or umpire game where I can run around, it's like, it's awesome that I've sort of got back to this position. Um, and, you know, I think about it um, like how badly it sort of impacted me at the time. And then you think about, you know, people that do this for a living, like, um, you know, recently Josh Bruce, um, how hard it would be for someone who it's their whole life. Um, yeah, and that's exactly and right. It's been taken away from them. So I think, um, but at the same time, like for me, sport was always the, the you know, away from work thing or, um, and the competition was, was what I loved and, you know, got me energized and things like that. So to not have that, um, it was a really big change. So uh, yeah, that, that's, it was, as I said, like really difficult, but um, it, it also prepared me for future injuries as well. And then, uh, you can, you know, did when I did my next knee, it was like uh, I handled a lot better and um, could, you know, could deal with it pretty well. Yeah, I was going to say I was wondering how it, then it affected your next one, but obviously, uh, learning from the, the the first one, and 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 you and you and you're right, you do learn so much about uh, yourself and, and during that that time because you're really with you're with yourself and you're with your own thoughts for for that time. So you really you really do get to. Uh, learn things that you may not have known about yourself, which is, it sounds kind of strange, but uh, you, you really do. But uh, it, it's exactly right. I mean, no one wants to do another injury, but doing another one, you can sort of handle yourself a, a little better than, than that first time and, t- and take care of yourself as well, which is probably uh, another really important uh, aspect, especially uh, mentally as well. Um, but yeah, it really, it really does prepare you for, for anything uh, in, in the future. Now, in terms of um, rehab and different things like that, did, did you feel like the second time round was you, you did it a lot better than the first time? I know we sort of discussed, but what, what were some of the things that you did specifically different? Do you, do you, yeah. if, you if you remember? Yeah, no, I, I remember. So, um, like, um, in the first time, I stuck to um, sort of the machines at the gym, um, a lot of, like, leg press and, and things like that. Um, but... I never got my quads back to sort of similar size. Um, and like you could see, you could see a difference in my right leg. Um, even though I did gym, I think um, uh, like I never, never got enough uh, weight through it to like really bulk it back up. Um, mm. And part of the problem at the time was that hurt um, after my first knee to squat. Um, and I, and uh, cause squatting is quite good. And I remember I, I went into my surgeon for a post-op appointment like six months later or something and said to him, it hurts when I squat. And he said to me, well, don't squat then. Um, so that, that simple, was, right? like, that was simple. yeah, that, that was the, but um, the second, the second time around uh, when I did it, like I'd, I'd, I hadn't been into the gym for a few weeks. Um, and like, I sort of knew that I hadn't put enough work into my quad. Um, and so when it happened, like, I, obviously I, it was a surprise, but I sort of, I sort of, worked out pretty quickly that I'd, I'd sort of caused that myself because I didn't because um, I didn't put enough work into it and so um, 
you know, lockdown, actually the first lockdown came at a perfect time for, for me. Um, I bought a squat rack and sort of a, a bit of a home gym thing and sort of it was my mission last year to just like train up the quads. Like I did, I did three leg sessions a week, um, squatting at least twice a week and like building up the weight. Um, and like really I wanted to like build muscle in my legs um, because I, um, you know, and uh, like I go to the physio a lot um, and the physio also said, you know, we, but like we need to get stronger. So yeah, actually doing squats um, on top of leg press and things like that um, made a big difference. And I actually got my quads back to, back to same size um, and, uh, you know, touch wood, but I haven't, haven't had a, a problem yet. I think what I will say for people that, um, you know, have had close calls with knee injuries or things like that, um, don't wait for a bad one to happen, like get it before. But like, if you, if you get a close, like a close shave or like you could have done your ACL, but um, you know, you just, you know, you just got away with it or it was, turns out it was, you know, bone bruising or, or something and your ACL is intact. Take that as a, a bit of a sign that, you know, um, that you, you dodged a bullet there and you should actually like make it really hard to actually do your ACL and like just bulk, like make sure those quads are strong. Cause I think a lot of people like, yeah, most, most people I will say like, you know, probably aren't going to have this a, a problem like this and, you know, injuries, you know, you've, they've never had injuries, but you know, one, one day um, it might catch up to you. Um, so if you've had some close calls, the number one thing I would say is don't wait for it to happen. Just go and do some squats and some leg press and like, just like make, get your quads a bit stronger and your glutes and your hamstrings and take the weight off your knees. Um, and, you know, hopefully you avoid doing these, these big injuries because you don't, you don't want to do them. Oh yeah, I couldn't yeah couldn't agree more. Exactly right. I mean, I, I probably should have taken taken your sentiments because obviously oh, there, there's been seven there was seven years in between in between mine, and you know you always get the uh, I wasn't always great at going uh, to the gym in those seven years in between, mm -hmm. and you always think about it and you go oh yeah I'm gonna get back to the gym and do that and I'm gonna just go and do like normal workout sessions and it's it's always on the brink of when uh you think you're about to get back into doing some gym and, and stuff and turns out that i probably should have because the it was just biding its time and, and it did did end up going unfortunately but um, yeah yeah so i well, completely agree with the sentiments there yeah so first thing i'd say is well um you know basketball might have been another <laughs> bit of an issue but anyway we'll, uh, we'll put that one to the side um but uh, there's two things that i sort of i um well, like I, I've had to train myself. So one of the things is um, like, I know now that I will be doing gym and rehab sort of until I stop playing sport. Like it's just part, it has to be part of my routine of mm. staying on the park um, is keeping the quad strong. And once like, if you are someone that's, um, you know, done a knee before or something, once you sort of, you ingrain it in your own mind that this, like this, this is a thing that you're going to have to like top up all the time. It makes it a lot easier. Um, so I just know now like um, quad and like quad and hamstring and glute strength is something that I'm always going to be working on. It's always going to be part of whatever I do. Um, and the other thing that I do a little bit is pick and choose what sport I play. Um, so I pick the ones that are really important to me and like they're the one. And if, if, you know, 
Um, I was going to go and play, for instance, a game of netball um, with my with my mates a few weeks ago. And I think <laughs> I probably would have done that because I wanted to play with my mates. But yeah. there are some things that you just go, you know what, the the risk is too great. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk all the things that I love about playing sport to go and you know play a game of AFL nines, which I would love <laughs> to do. But it's like it's probably not worth you yeah. know changing direction and. And being out again for twelve months, so there's just a little bit of picking and choosing what that's it, you know, yeah. what you spend your tickets on. That, that's yeah, that's exactly right. You, you just, as you said, choose the ones you love and and dedicate yourselves to them. And yeah, it's fantastic how you how you, how you've said there. Like you've got a you almost got a as you said routine now that it's just a part of your everyday life, and and now you can do it until that that time comes. Hopefully, it's not for a while. I mean, we want to see you playing cricket for. Uh, many more years to come playing getting runs taking wickets you know that's what we like yeah yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll see it's it's uh it's 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 as much about um you know the post um the post sport life as well like you hear the footballers that you know they finish um footy and they can't move and um like i've already been told i've got arthritis in my right knee um i try to i try not to think about it too much but it's um it's probably not gonna it's not an issue now, but I know it probably will be in twenty or thirty years, and you got to look after yourself. Um, so yeah, it's uh, but you know it's all worth it because getting out, you know, on on in any sporting um sort of arena with your friends is some of the best like the best times you ever have. So it really it's all is, yeah, worth it. it really is, and it's yeah, it just contributes to so much so much of it and so much of your life and it's and it's a part of it it's it's almost as i mean i won't say it's it's probably right up there for me like sport is not number one because like family and everything like that but yeah it's it's it's, a, it's important to a lot of people in a lot of people's lives so um getting yourself through it but then obviously getting to the uh after the post almost when you retire sort of thing is also quite important as well. As you said, it's, it's about taking care of yourself once you finish playing sport too, because that's, that's also <laughs> very important as well, because you've got, you exactly. might have people to take care of. Otherwise you, you don't want people taking care of you for the, for the rest of your life at, at age 45, yep. 50, whenever, whenever you stop, you want to be looking after your own or, or, or things like that. So I did want to mention, is there any other, any other injuries that you wanted to mention that you, you might have uh, done, done along the way? Just to sort of give oh, the, uh, you don't have to get into detail about anything. No, yeah, no, I wrote a few more down. One. Yeah. Just to, um, this, is, this is not an um, expansive list, by the way. There's more, but um, a, few, a few of the other things that I've had, um, some of them are a bit strange you would never have heard of and some of them are pretty standard. So, um, yeah, I just got back into footy at school, um, did a hammy. Everyone does a hammy, but um, I've done a hammy. <laughs> ITB syndrome um, can be really nasty. Yeah. That's that big band down the side of your leg. Um, and I oh. could not could not get that fixed. That was that killed me for a year. Um, tricep tendonitis, got that bouncing the footy, practising for umpiring, um, and then yeah. it, it impacted my cricket. Ridiculous. Um Broke, broke a finger at cricket uh, thanks to a, a part-time, if we can call him even that, uh, bowler just bowled me a beamer and hit me on the finger. Uh, broken arm at school. Um, I've had uh, shin splints or another one that caused me great discomfort uh, in the past. So uh, yeah. there's, a f- there's a few of them. I think there's a few more, but that, that, that's a, 
That's, a few. <laughs> that's, a, that's enough. enough for the time being. <laughs> it's fair yeah. to say it's all round the body. It's not lower body or upper body. It's just a bit of bit of everything. Unfortunately, it's not just. Yeah, yeah and I did the uh, uh, couple of years done the push up challenge um, in June to raise money for mental health and uh, find out every time I do that that I've got a shoulder impingement thing and um, <laughs> and you know doing doing 150 push ups a day for a month. Uh, it's it's dead by the end of it you need the 11 months to recover for the next year but it's Ooh, it's yeah. just funny the more you overdo it with different parts of the body you find things that you wish you'd never found so it's oh, all worth it though that's it that, that we do love sport and sometimes injuries do come with it but yeah that that's that's why we play and we enjoy it but that's it Absolutely. sometimes these things happen but it's always good Correct. to get out there that's it now appreciate the insight uh from all your uh uh, injuries you've had i'm sure lots of people have uh, gathered a lot of information out of this and i'm sure they'll, they'll take a lot from it now we'll, we'll move that's probably the, that's we'll probably finish up there for the, the the first segment now we'll uh uh after the break we'll sort of talk about um some of uh, your sporting loves maybe the uh the dogs f1 patriots different things like that so we'll be uh we'll be right back after this And we are back with segment two of the Under Pressure podcast. Joining me today, we have Zach Schleffel, one of my good mates, play cricket with him. He's a very, 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 very underrated player in, in my eyes. And I don't know if he, he'll like me saying all this, but he's very, very good. Uh, underrates himself, I think. But yes, good to, have you, good to have you along, Zach. And I know you're, uh, uh, you've got many loves, many, many sporting loves with... Uh, uh, the AFL and your doggies and you're a big fan of the uh, Formula One scene as well as a few American sports uh, as well with uh, the New England Patriots. But we will start with the your, your beloved Western Bulldogs. I can see you uh, repping them with the uh, jacket there. Uh, where do you sort of see them? I know a bit tense uh, at the moment. We're both in uh, semifinals yeah. <laughs> at the moment. So how do you sort of, how do you see last week's game first of all? And um, yeah. what, do you, what, are you, what are you thinking about this week? Well, go back two weeks actually, because um, well, yeah. <laughs> that, the double heartbreak weekend was some of the, just oh. the most cruel, cruel sporting, um, you know, stuff I've had to witness the uh, two point loss on Friday night to Port. And then, um, you know, I didn't think West Coast were any chance of getting within five goals of Brisbane. And then to, for it to go all the way to the last 11 seconds, um, it, that was, it was like a literally shattered twice in two, in two days. It was incredible. Um, oh. And, you know, we weren't <laughs> playing very well. So last week, you know, I was pretty worried going in. And um, I think we had the weight of, you know, all of Australia minus Essendon supporters on our shoulder because no one wanted them to to break their 6,000 day streak. So I uh, felt, felt under, <laughs> under pressure as, as the hey, podcast says, but love uh, it, love it, love it. Uh, you know, I think, um, yeah, and it wasn't looking great in the first half, but um, the midfield sort of seemed to click back together a little bit in the second half. And, you know, when it got wet um, and it got um, pretty tough uh, in the middle, um, some of the, the better players sort of got on top and, um, hoping it's a bit of a confidence booster going into this week. Um, I thought also, you know, um, I follow a few people on Twitter that are um, Bulldog supporters as well. 
Uh, Luke Beveridge gets a pretty bad rap at selection and um, doing silly things and putting Backman in the forward line and forwards in the back, which he he, he has done in the past. But I thought uh, the team he selected on the on the weekend and the couple of late changes were really really crucial. I know Cordy I think was out sick, but uh, Gardner I thought Gardner played really well and um, bringing Shaki in. Um, uh, he's a really good kick for goals. So, you know, if he gets a couple inside 50, you know, you're going to get a couple of goals. But, you know, he's he's been out of favour for a long time and to have the confidence to bring him in in the final, I thought he was really good. So um, I thought thought really well coached on the weekend, which which makes a big difference. Oh, it certainly does. I mean, it, it does half mostly come from, from the box. It, it, and I know um, he, he's done he's, – he's one of uh, – as they say, he's one of Clarko's men. <laughs> and so, but like, you can tell um, he, he really, he really did want it on the weekend. Like he was, uh, and to, and to have moves like Shaki and whatnot and bring him, bring him in at that point in time. And I know he probably has been out of favor all year, really, if, if I'm honest. Um, and look, probably not playing <laughs> in a position where uh, he was probably drafted to play. He was drafted as a forward and, um, back in his in his Brisbane days, and then came to you guys and sort of started there as well, but sort of made his way made his way back as as all good <laughs> as all good players do, and yeah. try and make their he, themselves a career. Down he actually there. got he got flipped forward again on the weekend, so that's that was what was even more surprising about it. You know, the oh, rain was I coming. I didn't see that part. Yeah, yeah. And he because uh, uh, you were on radio, that's why you didn't see. Yeah, it. But yeah. He got no um, <laughs> yeah, he got flipped back forward, and um, you know, he's just. He just provided a really good contest. And I know earlier in the year he played that game against Richmond. And I think pretty much anyone that still was had real great faith in him, and I was one of them, mm. um, I, th- I thought that might have been it. But um, for him to, you know, get sent back and do a really good job when he was playing and then to come in and play forward this week, um, kick a couple of really crucial goals and you know, provide a good contest, that was it, was... it was very nice to see. It'd be great to see him... Um, get a regular spot in the team because I think I, I I still think there's such a something about him that um, he could make make it in the AFL and I don't know which end it is anymore to be honest because he could he could be a good third tall in the back line as well. Well, yeah, certainly, yeah, exactly right. I think he's he, he's going to be one of those uh, swingmen. There's so many so many more of those around. I think in in years to come there'll be there'll be so so much more. I did want to. Did want to. I saw on Twitter uh, earlier in the week um, that you may not have been uh, too pleased about um, where the game was being played. Uh, yes. am, I, am I right in I, saying that? Uh, I, I at was Schleff, very at frustrated. Sixty three. If you want to go check Zach's Twitter out, <laughs> at Schleff sixty three. Oh. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, only if you want to see someone very grumpy. <laughs> I only get on there when I'm grumpy and want to vent something. Uh, so you'll see a lot of grumpiness. I love it, um, but I uh, I wasn't thrilled about it. Um, I know I think we 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 chose Adelaide as our preferred, and um, you know given given the season, uh, um, it, and you know obviously the, the Bulldogs had earned a home final. Um, I thought sending it to the place where Essendon had just packed out uh, Launceston a few weeks ago against Hawthorne, and we'd yeah. lost to Hawthorne by five goals. I thought I thought that was a bit rich, but. You know, it all it all worked out okay. So I guess I'll I can move on from that now. <laughs> it did all yeah, it did all pan out uh, eventually. But yeah, no, I just I just thought I'd bring that one up because it was very interesting. But you are right. I I did uh, I did agree with you in that case actually. I was uh, I was kind of surprised that it was moved 
um, moved there. Obviously, well, you you have to agree with me because you want all of your finals in Geelong um, because that's the only place that Geelong can win finals. So, well, uh, or, or don't because the only one we've played there we've lost. But... Well, that that is true. That was still one of the great upsets. That one, but. Oh, uh, but yeah, yeah, no. I'm glad glad to have Geelong support on that one. I think it'd be pretty good <laughs> if they didn't support us, to be honest. Of course, of course, exactly right. Now moving on, moving on to this week, uh, taking on the Lions, obviously, um, up at the Gabba, they've got the the home ground home ground advantage. You didn't. I, I also saw this week that you asked for an earlier time slot, and you guys didn't get that either. So you've actually got a oh, night game as well. So yeah, that, what a shock! We didn't get our home field adva- advantage. So you know we were definitely going to get our away field adva- um, request. But uh, I think in the end, uh, the I think the Bulldogs were worried about being in their hotel room all, all day. But apparently, they're not going to have to be. So um, okay, I guess well, we can, that, I guess that's we can fair. Stop complaining for that one. Yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, no, it will be a tough game. I mean, the Lions, I mean, the D's made the Lions look a bit silly last week, but going into the finals, they were, they were looking pretty good. Um, obviously, <laughs> breaking your hearts in the very last round, <laughs> in the last 10 seconds. But yeah, this will be, I, I, I see this game going right down to the wire. Do you just sort of have the same same sort of vibe, even though being at the Gabba and home ground advantage? Yeah, I am, um, you know, I think as, as most you know, dog supporters, Danny from Droop Street sort of attitude. Um, you know, usually uh, I think coming to the finals, I don't think we were, we, I think most most supporters thought it was it was over, but I think a little bit of confidence from last week. And, you know, Brisbane, um, you know, they're a good team, but when you look at their last sort of eight weeks of the season, um, you know, they lost a couple of games to Hawthorne and Richmond and they didn't really beat um, many like top eight opponents um, that are really challenging now. So, um, and with McStay out as well, I think um, he's quite important to their forward structure. Um, it means Danaher um, probably has to play by himself unless they bring in one of their sort of um, Ruckman forward types. Uh, I, I Look, I, I think this game is up for grabs. Um, and, you know, it's, it's nice to have a little bit of hope uh, going into the next final. But we, um, you know, uh, with hope brings extra disappointment if it doesn't go the right way. So, yeah. Um, Try and, try and uh, not get too excited, but uh, it should be a really good game. The midfield, like both midfields are, mm. are very strong. Um, Brisbane, obviously, probably have an advantage in the ruck if the Bulldogs stick with Lewis Young in the ruck. I'm not sure if Martin will be ready. So, um, you know, we know who will be winning the hit out um, and it will just be, you know, what happens at ground level. And I think the Bulldogs showed last week with their back line um, that they can really shut teams down. So it'll be interesting to see with a bit of a different structure without McStay, how that works. And, you know, we saw Charlie Cameron dominate on the weekend and, you know, he could light it up this week. So I, I think there's, it should be a really good game of footy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I definitely agree. It, it is. And as you said, McStay being out and then also losing Hipwood in the middle of the year has also been a big out for them and their sort of their forward lines, looks look brand new on paper essentially it's not it's not going to be the same they're going to have to get goals out of out of Danaher and 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 probably Charlie Cameron as he did last week too but then you're going to have to rely on guys like uh, Lincoln McCarthy and even maybe Nakai Kokatu who's just come into the side to, to bob up and kick a couple as well so there are probably less avenues to go which I feel like the, the dogs will be able to uh, shut down with them doing a really good job last week especially on um Peter Wright, who had a fairly decent game against them last time, he, he 
the dogs completely shut him out last week. And I think they, they could do definitely do the same uh, this week with the, the Brisbane Lions forward line too. Yeah, Alex Keith makes a big difference um, being back and sort of back to fitness. I think it, it'll, it, it might, might come down to how many really clean entries Brisbane get um, out of the middle um, and whether they can sort of stream away from packs and, um, you know, get, get um, kicks in with six on six um, or, you know, if, if, if the Bulldogs can keep it contested in the midfield, even with, without the Ruckman, um, you know, might make it a bit harder for Brisbane to, to take marks in the forward line. So, you know, um, obviously as a Bulldog supporter, I'm hoping that, that they struggle to score, but, um, <laughs> you know, in a, you know, 40,000 at the Gabba, um, it'll be pretty loud. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's it certainly it certainly will make a difference. And look, whoever wins will uh, be facing probably a hostile crowd the week after as well. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. it was yeah. yeah. That's it. So it, it could be a could be a tough road through the finals if you if you manage to to snag your snag this one and, and move on to the prelims. But yeah, that'd be a another ripping game too if you, if you got through. But yeah, I think they're two pretty good, like two amazing midfields to to put it bluntly. Like they're just high class like uh, Neil and Lyons and uh, in in that middle and obviously McCluggage as well. He's, he's had a fantastic uh, uh, year as well. And look, if, if they actually pick Wingman probably would have made the all Australian as well. I have a, <laughs> some very strong thoughts on, on all Australian. So don't worry about that. I had to get that. In there. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, obviously the, the dogs is, are just as strong with, you know, Bont and Trelaw and and Dunkley as well and Liber and look, they're, it's a it's going to be a top quality game in the middle. And I think whoever I think whoever's winning the ball out of that middle and, and streaming forward will probably get the job done. I, I think, and that that'll be where it's won. I, I reckon as well as reading those taps by probably Big O. If I if I'm honest, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, Jake, we can't um, we can't finish this podcast without me throwing it back to you and grilling you a little bit. Okay. So yeah, your cat, yeah. your cats. Yeah. <laughs> now we, we've we've seen all week about the the qualifying final record and um, really struggling um, in in that first final. And you know the talk's been around you know not being able to handle the finals pressure and when the intensity goes up, Geelong sort of um, you know keep the ball strategy doesn't quite work as well. What what where do you think it's at? Is is it is it a coaching thing or is it just bad luck? <laughs> Look, if I said it, if I said it was bad luck, then that I just I just don't feel like that. It's just bad luck. It's 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 to do with the whole. It's a, probably to do with a whole range of things. If I'm honest, look, if going back, what did you say it was one and one and nine? Is that is that the record? Oh, or one and eight? It's not great. Yeah, one and eight or something, something like, like that. that. I think I saw it on the Sunday Footy Show last week. Um, the the record, but yes, something like that. But uh, first off, first off, I'll say. You've obviously got to be there to play in qualifying finals. So we've Very done true. a great, we've got a done a great job in getting to uh, that position. And I'm sure uh, most clubs, or in fact all clubs, would rather be one and nine instead of zero and zero. It, having the opportunity to play, in, I mean, it's not great, but <laughs> having the opportunity and and to to then progress is a big thing for fans, I think, as well. But then it does. I will get say though. I will say though, Jake, uh, you could do it the Bulldogs way. Miss the top four, stream in from the from the elimination final. Don't even worry about a qualifying, 
and just win the flag and then done. And then you're just back to mediocrity for five years. That's another way to do it. I had look, I had a feeling that you were going to bring that up at some point. But yeah, I, I, look, look, that could be the way to go for the Cats maybe. But look, we haven't had too much success in an elimination final yet either. But um, the good thing is um, we've had a lot of luck in, not luck, we've had a really good record in the second week. <laughs> uh, we've won a, won a few of them. So um, hopefully it's going to be a tough game. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk of Toby Green this week, so I hope that doesn't take take away from what will be a pretty good game. And the Giants having um, actually beaten the Cats later on in the year at down in Geelong, so it, it will be a good game. And look, the, the Cats last week they were just it was arguably their worst game for the year, and probably Port's arguably Port's best game of the year. Like they they didn't fumble anything, they picked up the pressure was insane. Um, Every time a Geelong player picked up the ball, it was just pressure on pressure on pressure. And that they deserved the win. They were playing fantastic. And obviously, look, the the, uh, the home crowd helps as well. But, you know, like they, they've earned it. So then why not? Good on them. And look, it'd be, I did have a, uh, I think at the start of the year, I had a Port Brisbane grand final. So that can't happen anymore. Can't happen. Uh, I can only get one, but. That's that's it. So I was hoping for one of us to one of us to win uh, last week, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting this 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 week and then moving forward. Hopefully, uh, after we've uh, talked to you uh, on uh, the Sunday rundown on eighty eight point three Southern FM, the, the show that uh, myself and former co host of the Under Pressure podcast Matt Ellis uh, do, that we're both uh, celebrating some some wins and uh, actually happy to be uh, on the radio at that point and talking about sport. <laughs> yeah, it could be a flat afternoon, Jake, if the Cats lose Friday night and the Dogs lose Saturday night. But, oh. um, you know, it would be good content either way, I reckon. Oh, oh, for sure. And and some of the stuff that we will be talking on on the show uh, on, on, the, on the Sunday rundown this week will be, will be Formula One. Uh, now I've gotten I've gotten into a bit of Formula One over the last couple of years, but I know you're a massive fan of Formula One. I've been watching it for a while now, and very into it. Um, first of all, do you, do you have a team, or do you follow a, a certain a, a race? I mean, there's obviously Dan, Daniel Ricciardo, the, the the Australian, the the obvious choice. But do you have a team, or do you have another guy that you like? Yeah. So um, back in the day, you know, I've been following probably for. Uh, like over 10 years, um, Mark Webber was the the Aussie um, and he was at Red Bull. Um, the AG, and, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, playing, playing second fiddle to um, to Seb Vettel um, there and, you know, always getting screwed over and um, and us Aussies thinking that it was a massive conspiracy. Um, but we're always sort of aligned with Red Bull and, um, and you know, I think nowadays um, it, I've sort of stuck... Like I've always probably been most interested in Red Bull, um, even though um, Ricardo's not there anymore. Um, he moved on, but um, I guess now as the main challenger to Mercedes um, and us being Aussies and um, not liking, you know, the top dogs, uh, we want them beaten by anyone. <laughs> um, yep. Even they're next in line. Um, I, re- I, I just personally would love to see, you know, anyone else um, winning the championship this year and that, that is Max Verstappen at Red Bull. So, um, you know, I think, um, you know, people like Christian Horner, you know, they've shown in the past that 
Um, you know, maybe they don't win the best bloke award um, at Red Bull all the <laughs> That's time. That's a great but, way of putting um, it. That's a perfect way of putting it. So but, true. You know, I, I still feel quite closely aligned with um, Red Bull and, um, and you know, I, I obviously want Dan Ricciardo to do well as well. And I like um, Pierre Gasly at AlphaTauri. So there's plenty of you know, characters and teams that um, I really like and um but basically, at the end of the day, at the moment, it's 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 anyone but Mercedes, just for something different. <laughs> so uh, you, you've kind of answered my my next question there. Obviously, we, we, there's obviously two uh, two guys who have the chance of uh, winning the driver championship this year in Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Three points between uh, at the moment after after last week's sort of not really race, um, but Verstappen three points behind you. you do you think he can get the job done in the second half of the year? Look, well, I would have said so a month ago. Um, but uh, Lewis Hamilton, by the way, before I say this, um, best driver ever, you know, GOAT, um, you know, most wins, most polls, most laps led or, or whatever. Yeah. But now I don't believe in God. <laughs> but if I was Lewis Hamilton, I would believe in God. He, some, like, he definitely the greatest driver but he, he's had some incredible luck this year, um, you know, taking out Max Verstappen in that race and then winning it. Um, oh, and that then, was, yeah. And, and heartbreaking for, you know, <laughs> in a sport, like it's all relative, like sport term. Um, and then, you know, the next week, his teammate taking out both the Red Bulls. Um, at once, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. At once. Yeah. Um, just <laughs> like, and I find it incredible sometimes with the sport, like, um, Bottas got a five-place grid penalty for that um, yeah. for that accident, um, and then Seb Vettel had you know 500 mils, um, not enough for petrol after the race, and gets disqualified. Oh, and I couldn't sometimes you that. just wonder how <laughs> yeah. how do these how do these penalties make sense? Like you wipe your your number one opponent out of the Grand Prix, and you know, you get a 10 second penalty and then you just slightly use too much fuel and you lose all your points. Like some, some of the rules you just have to wonder sometimes. You just, and yeah, I know we, we chat a bit when these races happen and it's, you just guess really, like you don't know what, what they're actually going to do. Like it's, I know I find myself asking, asking yourself and also Matt who, who's in, who chats about it as well. Like, and half the time you guys don't, I mean, I'm very, uh, very new to it. And half the time, you guys have been watching it for a while. You, you're like, I, uh, I don't know. Like, what's exactly. actually going to happen? <laughs> like, it's like the holding the ball interpretation in the AFL. Like, you'll ask seven it. different people and you'll get seven different opinions. So oh, that's um, it. But it's part of the theatre and it's part of the fun. So, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's great that we get to watch it. I, I will say... Um, you know, the Netflix series, Drive to Survive. Um, I have a lot to thank Netflix for that series because so many of my friends uh, have watched that series and got into Formula One. Um, now it feels like it's it's a more mainstream sport in Australia and everyone enjoys watching it. It's, it's been great for, you know, chatting about it more and and people understanding it and learning it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great series. If you haven't seen the series... Um, you know, you'll you'll be like everyone else, and you will you will become a Formula One fan. <laughs> is there is there a second one out now? Am I am I wrong in saying that? Is there was there another one that was released, or am I thinking about something else? Uh, well, there's three seasons of the of the um, Formula One 
um, show. Okay, well, that, they, that's probably They yeah. might have done it on another sport as well. Okay, um, that's probably what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. But, yeah, no, it is, it is wonderful. And I'm glad to be – I'm glad that I'm sort of back. I used to um, actually uh, watch, uh, obviously, the, the Melbourne Grand Prix um, when I was younger because uh, my, my grandparents had a, um, a unit in, in Albert Park and we could sit on the uh, sit on the uh, out on their on their on their balcony, and we could just we could just literally watch the race, and and it was the most amazing thing. And then I didn't really sort of follow it for for, for quite a while. And over these last two two and a half years, I've I've gotten really really into it and gone back. And I have a have a favourite who's not currently in the uh, in Formula One at the moment, but. Uh, Hopefully he's hopefully he's back soon in uh, Nico Hulkenberg. Hopefully he makes a return. Had a couple Incredible of races hope. last year. That's that's exactly right. Got the old hat, so uh, I'm I'm on board. So hopefully he gets back. But yeah, no, it's um, nice. it is fantastic. If you haven't checked checked out Formula One for a while, or or you haven't uh, got into it, definitely check out Drive to Survive. As, as Zach mentioned, then it's a it's a great series, and uh, and maybe I know that the races are on it on it a little bit. <laughs> a little bit later than everyone would have liked, but yeah, get on any uh, streaming service and have a look. Maybe the next morning, but yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of fun, and then it's uh yeah, it really gets you really gets you into it. That's that's for sure. Yeah, and I think Ko do twenty eight minute um you know shorter races as well um the next day. So oh. you know if you don't feel like you you quite have it in you to sit through a full um, Grand Prix yet, start with those ones. Um, they they get you the highlights and the major overtakes and crashes and and pit stops and things. So that's a good start. Um, but, but I will say, you know, watching the whole thing and getting the strategy, that's like, um, that's where it really becomes interesting. So start with those small ones, but you know, it's definitely a, you, you can't miss, it's a bit like test cricket. Like just, there were so many swings and roundabouts and things changing. You can't miss a ball on day two because it might be the reason why someone won on day five. <laughs> that. Yeah, couldn't have said couldn't have said that better. Couldn't have said that better myself. And we'll move move into move into the last sort of sport I want to sort of chat about today with you. And I know you're a, a massive massive fan. I remember uh, attending a a Sporting Globe party with you a couple of years ago when unfortunately your uh, Patriots <laughs> defeated my Rams in one of the worst Super Bowls of all time. Um, oh, I thought it was great personally. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, massive fan of the Patriots. How, how long for? And look, how do you see this season going? And we'll get into sort of what's happened uh, today as, as, as we speak. Yeah, so everyone will say that I'm a bandwagon Patriot supporter because, you know, they've won six titles and everything. But um, I, I just, it was very, like the way I got into the Pats um, is just so stupid. It's almost not worth telling the story, but... Um, anytime there was an NFL question on SEN, this is like 15 years ago, um, yeah. I never knew anything about NFL. So um, th- my answer would always be New England Patriots, um, just because that's the only thing I knew. And the answer was always New England Patriots to whatever the quiz question was. And of course, yeah. So <laughs> it just sort of happened that way. And, you know, um, after a while, I just said, uh, I'm going to follow the, the Patriots and, um, and then they started winning after that. So um, no bandwagon involved. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when it, when it came time to picking my team, I did a couple of like those online, you know, which team should you barrack for? Um, stupid quizzes where they ask you what your favourite, um, you know, food is and then they give you a, an NFL team. But 
um, in my heart of hearts, I wanted the answer to be New England. So I knew that I had to back for them. You went, yeah, rolled with it. And yeah, no, that's good. Uh, it's, it's good to good to sort of get into those sports, just like the F1, that sort of aren't um, solely here in, uh, in Australia. And it's obviously not played too much here in Australia either, but um I mean, I've never, I've never, never played it. Probably shouldn't, considering no, <laughs> how rough it can not. get. <laughs> how rough yeah. it can get. But yeah, no, it is a fantastic sport to watch. Um, yeah, as- I, I'd suggest this another one. Get if you've never watched the NFL, start with Red Zone, uh, which is just all the good oh. stuff. Um, so I, my, some people might know Goal Rush in EPL, where I, and I've watched that the last couple of Saturdays. It's literally just watching one game and then if someone scores i'll show a replay of it it's like uh, when i first heard of epl goal rush i was so excited i'm like we're going to see all the goals it's going to be great and then they basically just showed one game and then tiny little clips of the other game and the reason why i was so disappointed is because i come from proper red zone where there's 12 (laughs) games on at once and we're flipping between games and you're seeing touchdowns every second and big plays and dramatic things and that's a great way to start off because NFL games, you know, it's, it's like basketball. There are 58 timeouts and there's an ad break for, you know, for breathing. Um, and so, you know, to start with no ad breaks, just get all the good bits. That's a great way to get into it as well as fantasy. You've got to, you've got to play fantasy to get into NFL because once you start knowing who the good players are and the ones on your team, you'll never look back. Oh, you certainly won't. I was gonna, I was gonna mention that. I'm a little nervous. I've joined one of your, uh, your fantasy leagues here, and I know there's a few uh, keen and very uh, avid NFL fans and supporters on there. And uh, yeah, they're all, really... they're all morons, though. I wouldn't worry too much about them. They, they think they're pretty good, but they've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it should, should be really good. But yeah, red zone. Oof. Uh, I remember, I remember watching that. That was when it was, uh, when it was free. I remember, I remember watching yeah, that. On, you get up <laughs> and watch it on ESPN. Those are the days. Or, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I, back at uni, um, I got up at 3 a.m. every week. Um, yeah. Religious. I almost couldn't sleep because I knew I had to get up um, <laughs> at 3 a.m. It's one of those ones that's like where you have to catch a plane and, you know, you can't sleep because you're worried you're going to miss your alarm and then you end up not sleeping. It's like that with Red Zone and a bit old now. So, um probably get up a bit later but it's definitely worth it <laughs> oh no doubt I, I think i'll be planning to hopefully we'll see if i can uh manage to snag a league pass maybe we might be able to uh alternate and share it how about that zach i think that yeah, a bit well. of, bit of uh, VPNing <laughs> into south africa to get us a nice cheap uh red zone subscription i reckon that might be good that's it now now sort of continuing with the patriots sort of two questions hand in hand uh now, this season, uh, where do you sort of see uh, the record uh, ending ending up as? And look, with uh, today's big news of uh, Cam Newton being released mm. and uh, the boys going with Mac Jones, uh, where do you sort of see the record and how do you think you'll go? Yeah, well, it's very exciting. Um, I've got quite a few mates that are also Patriots fans and it's, it's pretty exciting. I actually liked Cam Newton. Um, Thought you know he had nothing to throw it to last year. Um, I don't. I yeah. I don't don't know if there would have been any quarterback that could have handled um, what he had last year. But um, you know, to draft a a young uh, a young quarterback that you know has has some comparisons to 
to um, Tom Brady um, and then to like they've now cleared it out. It's it's his team. It's pretty exciting. Um, they've got some better offensive weapons this year. So I think um, I don't think they'll beat the Bills um, in the AFC um, East, but um, I think I think they can make the playoffs. Um, if they have a, you know, a, a, a little bit of luck, it'll be interesting to see, like, obviously, Mac Jones going really well in practice, you know, when he's actually out there um, in games, high pressure situations, it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. But I think from a fan's point of view, it's really exciting. It feels like it's a, it's sort of a, it's a new start now and we're actually going somewhere. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to watching him and, um, you know, hope he can produce from pretty early on. Yeah, sort of like a, as you said, a bit of a, it's almost a new beginning sort of thing. There, where with Cam was Cam Newton was a bit of a, a stop gap in between um, exactly. what was a legend and um, between the, the the new kid now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it'd be great. It's a, sort of a new era for for all Patriots fans, and yeah, we'll, we'll uh, uh, keep it keep a keen eye on on how they go. And look, I know uh, all Patriots fan loves some uh, playoff. Uh, football so hopefully they can uh, get back uh, into that into that yep. area uh, and we've been starved we've been starved as, of success for you know multiple years now at least two so i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it what about your rams jake how that oh. how uh, you know the big trade off season getting stafford in how do you think that's gonna work out look i was i was a big fan Look, early on, uh, I was a big fan of um, big fan of golf. But as as he sort of progressed through, uh, you could tell that the fit the fit just wasn't right. Uh, and we sort of found that out a little bit last year. Um, it wasn't wasn't quite working with with the offense that um, Sean McVay was was running. As we all, as most NFL fans know, that Sean McVay is very offensive minded, and he'll. Uh, uh, He'll go for he'll go for just about anything, um, and having a guy like um, Matt Stafford, who's fantastic, fantastic thrower of the pigskin, and he's um, I think he's going to be fantastic and throwing to throwing to guys like uh, Deshaun Jackson and um, Cooper Cup, who's who's still there as well. He's, he's he's fantastic, and then you've got the the defense led by the. One of the one of the best players in the NFL, Aaron Donald, and um, one of the best cornerbacks, uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, as well. So, look, I'm pretty pretty bullish on my own team this year. I think there's there's a lot of upside to it. They had a pretty good defense um, last year. It'll just be how um, I think big staff connects with uh, those wide receivers, tight ends, uh, and getting those touchdowns over the line. I think that'll be the main thing. And then you've obviously got um, the, the running back position as well. I don't know how much it'll be used um, this year, obviously with Stafford's big throwing game. Um, we lost Cam Akers at the start of the year who really looked good at the end of last season, but uh, he did his Achilles. But um, Daryl Henderson had his moments last year, uh, sort of at the beginning of the year. He's very injury prone though, um, which I feel like is why um, we ended up making that trade uh, with, with the Patriots, Zach, for... For, for your man, our champion. Yep. <laughs> your, your ch- yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I wonder if anyone, the people will bring it up for sure. I reckon <laughs> he'll use Absolutely. it all year. Um, but yeah, he's, I, I think he's after that first year, he sort of 
plateaued is probably the best best word for it. Would you say, Zach? I think he's just uh, he had a fantastic fantastic year uh, when you won the won the Super Bowl, but he sort of plateaued since then. Is probably looking for was probably looking for an, a bit of a new beginning, maybe um, in a new offense uh, and and a, and a fairly well run offense by Sean McVay as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, you, you didn't have to be Einstein to know what the Pats were going to do um, at almost every opportunity last year, which is run the ball. And that could be quite uh, quite easy to defend. And I think uh, that offense that the Rams have got um, this year, they've got a, a guy with a big arm. They've got some awesome guy. Like, you didn't even mention Woods. No, um, I didn't. Got some, <laughs> I didn't some yeah. dra- draft picks as well. So, <laughs> so many people to throw it to. Um, yeah. That sometimes actually lends itself to a running back coming in and um, and being quite good because you're so worried about you know one part of the game. So I, I reckon he could be a nice little pickup for the Rams and at least a really good backup. Um, so if something happens major to to Henderson, you know you got someone ready to go. So I if I, I'm not surprised you're bullish, Jake. I reckon um, <laughs> I reckon the, it, it, it just it might be a year this year. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I don't like pumping up my teams too much. I mean with 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 Geelong and then with the Clippers, we we always almost yeah, get there, but we're not very true. We almost it's always almost, but yeah, uh, yeah, it'd be fantastic to see him right up there again this year. But yeah, that that'll probably do it for for this segment. We've uh, covered uh, some uh, huge bases here with uh, a bit of footy and F one and finishing it off with a bit of NFL. But um, after the break, we'll get into. Uh, the favourite segment of the people, the draft. I know, I know, you're looking looking forward to this one, Zach. It's a, it's a ripping start to the to the uh, the draft segment. So uh, we'll be back right after this with the draft. We are here for the final segment of the Under Pressure podcast. Again, I'm here with Zach Schleffel, and we are going to take on the draft for this week. Zach, are you looking forward to it? Oh, I'm so pumped. Uh, I've done my research. I've been looking forward to this all week and bring it on, Jake. Let's let's do it. Now, now this week that so first of all, I'll sort of say where I got this this idea from. I, I listened to a podcast with uh, an NBA player, JJ Reddick, and he does a podcast called The Old Man and the Three. And um, what they do is they they have their guest on and he's got a co-host as well and they um, pick a topic, could be say fast food chains or something, and and they go through, and someone has pick one, and they go all the way through till they've had, all had five picks. It goes a bit like a snake. So if you have pick three, then you'll have pick four, and and, and so on and so forth. So I thought it'd be a, a bit of a fun idea to to get that on the show, and and could 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 create some controversy <laughs> with people listening to it as well. So. Don't don't critique our answers too much on the uh, on the topic that we have for today, but uh, we'll see how we go. Now, uh, bring it on! I say, <laughs> I want to hear every opinion. I love it. I love it. I'll be sure to uh, give every opinion uh, of what I think of yours as well. So. Excellent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this week's this week's topic is going to be uh, elite elite athletes, professional athletes, who have succeeded in maybe not succeeded, but have um, played uh, elite sport at the highest level in two different sports. Okay. I'm so glad that... you said um, you changed from succeeded to played because I almost had to cross out half my list there. 
<laughs> I know I made sure I got that one in as yeah, that's it. So just have played um, uh, two sports at, at, at the elite level and um, yeah. Now I've got a, uh, I'm currently on, on the computer and I'm, uh, I have this, this coin app ready, app ready to go. All right. All righty, Zach. <laughs> Zach, you've you, got are pick, you making me go first? You've got pick one, mate. You've Surely got... I get the right to choose whether I go first. Or oh, second. All right, all right, all right. That that can be. So you've got the choice. Do you Excellent. want me to I pick one, will... or do you want? You're going to defer. defer You're going to defer. Yeah, you can go first. Yes. You're going to defer. All right. All right. Yeah. Now, okay, with pick one. Okay, it's probably a little bit of a little bit of a controversial one. Not not majorly controversial. He probably wasn't successful in this second sport. Um, played uh, in the minor leagues, uh, just below the uh, major league baseball, uh, but had a, a fairly decent um, career as an NBA player. And that man is uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> so I had to go with, with the GOAT, uh, Michael Jordan. He's, uh, look, his baseball career... <laughs> didn't didn't probably go the way uh didn't go the way he would have wanted but it did get him back into into coming back and playing and winning another three p um with the chicago bulls um the reason he did go back though was because uh his father actually played baseball which is why he um the first time he retired I know there was a few times, a few times he did it. Um, but the first time he retired, his father uh, was actually, um, was actually murdered, unfortunately. Um, and it was, it was, he, he was happy that his father was able to see his last game of basketball and, um, and moved on from there. And um, he really supported him in all his sports. And I think Michael wanted to, to, to do good by him and, and go give baseball a crack and, and sort of follow in the uh, his father's footsteps, although it wasn't uh, a very successful uh, career for the Birmingham Barons as as he played for. <laughs> um, he didn't 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 do too well, but uh, obviously his basketball career reigns pretty high and supreme uh, as uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, to uh, ever play. So that is my number one pick, Zach. Uh, I didn't. I don't know if you had that on there. If you had that on your list, but no, you could have. You could have had him with pick five, Jakey. That's oh, all right. No, uh, that's all right. <laughs> I had to take the goat at pick one, so we'll uh, we'll go enough. with Michael Jordan at pick one. Nice. Well, I'm going to. As soon as you said he, I was um, I was very happy with that because I knew that my number one was safe. Oh, so no. I can't go. Do I get two picks in a row here? By the way, Jake? you've got two and three. This could be a problem. Excellent. So. I will start my, I think my favourite, um, my favourite dual sport person. Um, she's currently absolutely killing it um, in the tennis space, um, but she's had a stint um, uh, on the BBL, uh, on the cricket field, um, playing for the Brisbane Heat. Uh, Ash Barty, she's just such a champion. Damn it, I, um, I should have left it. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have I left just, it. <laughs> no, I just couldn't go past her. I think her Wimbledon win this year was... Um, was I, I don't think I've ever been more excited for an Australian winning, um, uh, probably like winning an international tournament. Um, she, it was so great to see her win it. And, um, and 
Uh, I think, you know, she, she was, she was playing for Brisbane Heat for I think a couple of years when she wasn't sure about tennis. And, and I will say I've seen her on the golf course um, with a driver in hand recently. Oh, really? She can hit, she can hit a golf ball too. So uh, that, that's the complete package. I reckon tennis, cricket and golf. Um, oh. So I try, I try hacking around at all three, um, but nothing like, like her. So I'm, I'm going Ash Barty with pick one. Oh yeah, you've uh, you've done me a dirty one there, Zach. I've had to remove one from my list. I had a feeling that was going to come come along. Unfortunately, I I, I went the goat because I thought you may have uh, you may have had him there, but um, nah, definitely a, a worthy pick one for you and pick two in the draft for sure. Who've you got? Who've you got at number nice. pick three in the draft or pick two yes. for yourself? So I now I now think I, I probably wouldn't have. Pick this person, but I think this person has now slipped to value and uh, you always need to go with value. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Elise Perry. Oh, you um, suck. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I, I thought that might hurt you as well, Jakey. So oh, um, no. I, thought, I thought I'd just do you in there. So um, Elise Perry's uh, an amazing uh, sportswoman. Um, she debuted uh, for both um, soccer and cricket national teams at 16. Uh, the youngest international cricketer ever um, and the first one ever to play at the ICC and FIFA World Cups, like both of them. Um, and we know how dangerous she is as a cricket player now as well. She's an all-rounder. She can bat, she can bowl. She's a good fielder. All three formats, um, you just can't go past her. So um, Elise Perry is my second round pick. Jakey, back to you. All right, now I've had to do some shuffling here. <laughs> I this thought you is, might. This is uh, this has gone up in the air for me. <laughs> All right, but I'm going to continue along the way of uh, female athletes. Uh, I'm I'm going to go uh, with one Erin Phillips. Nice. That was my next one. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I'd be able to get at least at least one, but uh, what a champion! What an absolute champion! She obviously started off in the WNBL um, for the Adelaide Lightning, and then made her way to the WNBA, where she was very very successful. Um, won uh, two, won two titles, I believe. Um, in her draft, she was um, in the sec- She was picked in the second round, um, but she made a, a fantastic um, career over there and, and played for fourteen years. Uh, and that's uh, for basketball. That that's obviously the pinnacle of um, of basketball in the world, the WNBA, and to sustain it for for that long, especially as a player. And uh, it's it was fantastic. I I didn't know. To be honest, I didn't know too much um, prior um, to her coming back to Australia, but I've done a lot of research on her as of late, um, just looking back on her um, career as I'm very, very much into my basketball and to, to see what she's done is absolutely ridiculous. So I, if you can go check out some things that she's done um, over there, but then that obviously leads to uh, she's made her way home and, and played AFLW um, when it first first began those years ago, and I oh, she's she's next level. Like she's I don't know don't know what else to say about her. She's I, probably in my eyes the best player 
um, to have played. I think it's obviously it's still very young, uh, um, young in its sport. Um, obviously, it'll, it's going to continue for, for years and years to come, but I know she'll be um, remembered um, as one of the greats to, uh, to have played. And I'm glad that she was able to 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 play essentially because she played up growing up and look she may have chosen um football if it was available to her at that at that age but i'm glad she's been able to to come back and and live out her dream of playing uh afl and look there's there's not much more to say on her but and yeah i'm She's she's my pick too, and I'm I'm, I'm I apologise for taking your pick, Zach. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, you absolutely had to. I think it's worth knowing as well. So she um, co-captain um, at at Adelaide when she came in. She hadn't played footy for eighteen years um, competitively, which I think is amazing. Which is two ridiculous. league best and fairests, yeah, as well. Two league best and fairests, two premierships, and two best on grounds in premierships, and. Um, given the show we've had tonight and the injuries focus, she's done two ACLs in her career, one during basketball and one during footy. So to come back from that and still be, you know, um, she did her ACL in the game that she won her second um, best on ground in a grand final and she missed a quarter. That's how good she was. So great pick, Jake. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, no, that's it. And um Oh look, and she's doing some pretty good work in the in the media these days as well. So she's uh, she's getting on that too. So, but look, fantastic career in in both sports. Uh, um, and yeah, uh, there's not much more I can say on her. Um, this this third pick of mine, and what is it? We got her up to the fifth pick in the draft. Now this is probably a bit of a, a bit of a selfish pick, um, and probably someone you're not going to have on this list. Um, Good one though, I like it. Um, it's a, a he started his career playing uh, AFL, uh, and and boy could he kick the football. He goes by the name of Ben Graham. He was uh, he was from Geelong. Um, big big man, big tall man. Played anywhere from fullbacks and a halfback, all those key posts in the ruck. Um, he played played everywhere where wherever the team needed it. Um, uh, there was a fa- there's a famous um, bit of footage where he's kicked out from the from the goal square and lovely drop punt straight into the uh, uh, middle of the ground. So you could see that he uh, had a bit of potential to go to go somewhere else after his uh, 219 games and 145 goals at Geelong. Um, he made his way to uh, the NFL and and saw him. Uh, try out obviously um, over there um, he was going to be a punter and look if I'm honest you probably don't need to be uh, that young to to start your career over in in the NFL especially as a punter or or even a kicker for that matter uh, as well but uh, he got his chance in 2005 Um, so he would have been uh, 32 at the time when he started his career, which is <laughs> quite funny to say out loud, actually. He, um, he was uh, the, the main reason that I, that I got into the uh, NFL originally. I, uh, he started off at the, the New York Jets in 2005 and played a few years there. And um, that, was, that was amazing. I, I sort of followed those guys uh, for a little bit, obviously, just because uh, 
that was his first team. And then I sort of stayed with him after that. He made stints in, had stints in um, New Orleans, Arizona, um, and then finished off uh, in Detroit as well. And look, he, he had a seven-year career, which is, which, is pretty, which is fairly decent at the age of 32 and playing right up until almost the age of 40. Um, he was the end... <laughs> He has an NFL record of the, the oldest rookie in the 2005 or 2006 season, which is uh, probably not that hard to beat. Um, but, wow, he, he, he had a punting average of 44, 44.2 over his, uh, over his career. And, that, that, look, that's fairly decent um, for a punter over an entire career. So, uh, look, I, I had to get him in there. Uh, he's a wonderful player. He did end up playing in a Super Bowl. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get the chocolates in that Super Bowl, but um, he was the first Aussie to, to, to get into, into the, the last game of the season. So a bit of a selfish pick uh, <laughs> on my behalf for that one. But, yeah, that, that's, my, that's my pick three, Zach. Um, no, I, I like it, Jake. And I've actually thought down your lines for, um, for my next pick. Um, oh, no. And it's probably, it probably works well that it's the pick after as well because... Uh, the stats are very, uh, very similar. So uh, my next one is Severio Rocker. Um, <laughs> yeah. Another very similar mold. And exactly what you said is, is what I was going to say is that, and it doesn't happen as much anymore, but there's just something exciting about someone that can kick a football a long way. And, um, and any time um, either of the Rocker brothers, to be honest, mark the ball. Like I remember going back to games in the, in the two thousands um, and Anthony Rocker or Sav Rocker had marked the ball 75 metres out from goal and people would just automatically scream, have a shot. And, you know, they normally wouldn't do it from 75, but, you know, 65, you know, getting the torps out or just kicking those long drop hunts, there's something extra exciting about that. Um, and we don't get that quite as much these days. Um, but, you know, he, he was a great football player. And then very similarly um, went, went over to... Um, to the US, I think he might have broken Ben Graham's record for oldest rookie. I think um, so. Yeah, I think he may have so done that. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that over him. I think he was thirty-three. Yeah, um, and he played for I think six or seven years as well. Um, and I think um, I think it's good that we put them in this order because his punting average was I think forty-two point nine yards, so about one yard shorter uh, on the all-time yeah. list. Um, ben Graham is thirty-sixth, and Savrocker is 60 seconds. So um, uh, they're both they're both sort of right up there. Um, he, as I said, long kicking players is, is pretty awesome. And for him to have a seven-year career in the NFL uh, after playing over 200 games of footy um, was was pretty good. So he's he's my third round pick, which is number six. Yeah, that, yeah, very good. I had a feeling he might feature being the so having the NFL flavor a little bit. I thought he he might feature on the list uh, somewhere. Absolutely. But yeah. That's it. Who have you got for your yep. uh, your next pick, Zach? So I'm going a little bit left field with this one. Um, oh, here we go. I'm going to go with Nova Paris. Um, so for those that don't know Nova Paris, uh, she's currently a senator um, in the Northern Territory, uh, the first Indigenous senator from the Northern Territory. Uh, but she was the first Indigenous lots of things before that. Uh, yeah. So she was part of the gold medal winning hockey team in Atlanta in 1996. And she was the first Indigenous gold medalist as well. So 
Um, that's 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 pretty impressive in itself. Um, but that that didn't stop her there. Uh, she won uh, that that hockey gold medal, and then she decided um, to move over to track um, and started competing in um, in shorter distance track events. And she won two gold medals at the 1998 Commonwealth Games, um, one in the 200 meter sprint and one in the four by 100 meter sprint. Um, and she also competed in, in the Sydney Olympics as well. Um, and she's the only person to win gold medals in two sports in international events. So um, wow, I think that's yeah. pretty impressive. I think she's a like really good role model um, and to be the first indigenous gold medalist um, is pretty amazing. So uh, Nova Paris is my fourth pick at pick seven. Lo- love that pick. That that's that's a left field pick. I don't reckon anyone would have uh, seen that one coming. That's for sure. I, I certainly didn't see that one coming. <laughs> you've certainly uh, you've certainly done your research here, Zach, and I'm loving it. I'm loving this a lot. It's fantastic. Now, moving on to my my fourth pick, and then the. the uh, what is the eighth pick, I believe? Um, I'm going to go with uh, another female. Um, I'm a big, big fan of uh, the Suncorp Super Netball. Um, and this, this player, um, she's played um, netball her entire, entire, entire life. And uh, as as the AFLW began, um, she also made her way uh, into that as well. Her name is Ashley Brazel, and she plays currently both for the Collingwood Magpies netball team and currently plays for the AFLW team as well. So she hasn't stopped playing for one to play another. She's playing two elite sports all year round which is absolutely phenomenal. I, I was looking through this list and I was like, that, that's an achievement in itself. Like this is two, two sports at, at the peak of, of where you can get it, obviously besides playing for, for Australia and whatnot, but this is the highest level that you can get to. And to be able to, be able to do them both at the same time is absolutely amazing. Um, she's had a... a fantastic career she's played obviously played for the diamonds as well the australian diamonds um since uh 2015 she started started playing for them um and still currently plays uh every now and then as well um she started a career back in 2010 um for uh the new south wales swifts um and then moved moved her way um through teams went over to the West Coast Fever for a little bit, and now has ended up at the Magpies um, since their inception into the uh, uh, SunCorp Super Nepal, and then in 20, 2018, um, she decided to take a hand at uh, some football, some some AFLW, and obviously um, she'd been playing that uh, for a while in her childhood as well, and um, probably didn't get off to the best start. I think I remember her actually doing her knee. Um, playing in her, in her first couple of games um, unfortunately but um, she's got to live out live out a dream of, of playing uh, AFLW as well and I think that's that's fantastic but yeah the main the main thing I take out of this is to be able to do to be able to do both and to show that um, both both to, to young women and to, to young men that it is possible to 
to do these types of things if you really put your mind to it. And, and she's certainly shown that as well and, and still currently um, going strong and, and playing, some, playing some really good sport. And uh, I think um, definitely a, uh, uh, a worthy participant on, on, this, on this, uh, this draft segment, I think. Nice one. Now, going into my last one, my, my, my last pick and pick nine, what I'll say before I, I get into this is that I'm, I'm purely, purely and solely looking at what this player has done on field. Okay? I'm not looking at anything that he's done, um, may have done off field and, or maybe something else that we won't get into at the moment. Um, but probably, probably a strange one, maybe something that you, someone you might not have thought I would uh, choose, Zach. But I'm actually going to go with Israel Folau. Oof. <laughs> and I know that's probably a real controversial one, but that's why I wanted to get that out beforehand. Uh, I'm purely looking at the success that he's had uh, on field and not supporting anything he's done um, with any indiscretions off field, obviously. But... Um, to, to play elite sport is one thing, but to be able to, to play in three different codes is another. Although being having had, haven't had the most success probably in his stint with the, uh, the Giants uh, back in their inception back, back then, um, he still did it. Um, he was probably being, <laughs> not probably, he definitely was being paid a, a bit of money to do it, but he had to have the drive and the, and the want to, to be able to do it as well. So uh, I'd have to give him credit um, where credit's due for that one, especially um, obviously probably the, the least successful out of the, uh, out of the three sports uh, that he has played at the highest level. He, he only played 13 games and kicked a couple of goals, but yeah, he started playing um, NRL uh, at the Melbourne storm. I remember back in the day, I'm a ma- massive Melbourne storm fan and having him, on the wing and big Greg Inglis at full back and uh, proved to be a little too much uh, in the end. <laughs> um, but he was a, a brilliant player from the beginning. Um, he played, I think he played fifth, started in t- 2007, um, played 50 games for the Storm and then then sort of played um, a bit for the Broncos after that um, and then continued playing at the highest level um, for the NRL, played for Australia, played for Queensland um, in the state of origin. And this is all in his first year of, of NRL. So um, played a lot of um, centre and, and a bit of wing as well um, in there. But then um, you could say he got, he got poached <laughs> as a lot of players are, are doing at the moment. And he, and he sort of set the stand, not the standard, but he sort of um, set the ball rolling for, for guys um, moving from NRL to um, rugby union. Um, and he, he got signed by the Waratahs in, in 2013, um, played 96 games, 60 tries. Um, and again, um, showed what he could do on, on the biggest stage as well. Um, playing for, for the Wallabies, which is probably 
in most people's eyes, probably the better rugby team. <laughs> if we're looking at uh, in rugby team, and probably the one that people know more. Um, I didn't actually realise he played 73 matches um, as a Wallaby. Um, that, that really got me by surprise. He played from 2013 to 2019 um, and scored 37 tries. But yeah, I, I didn't want to pick him for for things that have happened outside of sport, but for for things that have happened on field, he certainly carved himself out a brilliant career and um, and done really well at it. So he he is my my last pick. My my last pick had to get a bit of controversy in there, Zach. So I'll uh, I'll leave you for the your last pick and pick ten of the draft. Nice. Just Jamie couldn't be a little bit more inclusive. He'd still be playing really well. But that, um, that's right. Couldn't agree yeah. more. But uh, no, he, he definitely to be able to play three sports at a high level is very impressive. So my last pick, um, and I've got some special mentions that we'll leave for the end. Um, yeah, love it. But uh, my last pick, um, I left to last because I knew that you wouldn't probably pick this person. <laughs> um, and I, I had to go my value and get Ashbardi Ash and at least Terry out. But this person <laughs> um, actually... Um, probably gets overlooked um, when you look at cricketers that have played other sports um, from, from back in the day. Um, but uh, this person was extremely successful at two sports. And he also happens to be my grandfather, uh, Neil Hawke. Um, so not, not many people know the name, um, but he played 27 test matches for Australia, took 91 wickets. Uh, that included a seven for 105 in an Ashes loss. Um, and then the next test, five for 54 in a big win. And I actually have the baggy green of that series uh, sitting on my my wow. um, my stand. So um, it's that is uh, that's very special to me. Yeah. Um, uh, but he also uh, played very, uh, the highest level football. Uh, he played for Port Adelaide in the Sandful. In his third game of football for Port Adelaide, he kicked 15 goals, if you don't mind. Um, he then went over to the Waffle, um, or the WANFL uh, back then. Um, he played in two premierships. Uh, and in the second year when they won the premiership, he was the leading goal kicker with 114 goals. Um, if Again, if you don't, don't mind. Um, wow. And uh, he was also part of the famous... 1963 South Australian win against Victoria um, uh, in the state of origin um, and also the only person ever to play for both South Australia and Western Australia in football and cricket. So um, he's, he's like, unfortunately, I got zero of the genes, um, but he was a <laughs> really, really good I'll give yourself some credit, one, Zach. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe 1%. Um, but... Um, one, one thing that, um, you know, it sounds like a bit of an old wives' tale, but um, I actually I believe this is true. He was the first, we believe he was the first person to perfect the long-distance drop punt. So it was only ever used as short kicks back then. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they'd, taught, they'd, they'd do torps um, for yeah. long kicks. And he, he was the first person to, um, to perfect the long-distance drop punt. And I just... I think that's pretty cool. So um, Neil Hawke is is the last pick of the draft with my pick ten. That is that is amazing. Obviously, yes, I was uh, <laughs> I was not going to go anywhere near it, and that's great value at, at pick ten um, for sure. That that is uh, that is a great pickup, and and something that I, I didn't know about you, Zach. So that's uh, there's some new knowledge 
knowledge for me and and, and for everyone. That's uh, that's that's fantastic. God, that was oh, that just blow that just blew me out of the water. That one that yeah, <laughs> all the success. Uh, I've got all the success yeah, there. Some of his uh, memorabilia and like looking back at so like, and you forget back then they needed to get on a ship to go to England for the Ashes. Correct. It yeah. Took <laughs> it took months. So, um, you know, phenomenal. Um, it was easier back then to play two sports at a high level, but um, yeah, it doesn't like, our mum used to say like he was away for six months at a time on an Ashes trip. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, but I don't know if you had any leftovers, Jake, but I had a couple of honourable mentions or I would think stiff to miss out. They'd probably be rookie selections if we were doing a rookie draft. <laughs> Um, but the ones that missed out uh, for me, so Yana Pittman um, is a, is one that um, I almost picked her. Um, but um, when you went with Ben Graham, I got a bit I got a bit nervous and went with Sav Rocker. Um, but yeah, Yana Pittman, um, athletics um, like pretty normal. I don't like she was a, a little bit. She complained a little bit. We, we weren't in absolute love with her probably at, yeah. at times. But then to turn and do bobsleigh like out of nowhere, um, and I know, yeah, <laughs> it was just so so random. But the first the first person to complete, uh, sorry, the first woman to compete in both Olympics, I think that's pretty cool. Um, a couple more I had was uh, Dean Brogan won an NBL um, championship with the Adelaide Thirty Sixes, and then a I did have Port him, Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's another one and a very left field one. Um, one of my favourite tennis players ever um, back in the day was Jarko Niemannen, uh, the Finnish tennis player. Um, <laughs> I know exactly. Jer- who journeyman. Yeah. Never, never, um, uh, never won a Grand Slam. Quarterfinal was his best result in three different tournaments. Uh, won two titles: Auckland Open and Sydney International. Seven million dollars of prize money. But he retired from tennis and went to play floorball, which is like indoor hockey. I think they only played up there in Scandinavia. Um, but I have seen some um, – I did watch some highlights today. It looks like a pretty cool sport. I think I'd play it if they, if they brought in a Box Hill indoor, to be honest. Um, and I saw him getting interviewed when he moved over there. So it was a serious thing. He, he's also stiff to miss out. Love oh, I thought. I also thought uh, – I mean, I mean, you're probably not as biased as me towards your own team, but I thought you may have uh, found a way to chuck in uh, Alex Keith in there somewhere. He, but- he was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I have so many great names um, imprinted yeah. in my mind of the, that game in the WA when he got hit for five sixes in an over and, and they lost oh my the semi final. I've never quite recovered from that. So he, he just missed out uh, for that. And, and Alex Carey is another one that uh, was on the GWS list as well. True. Um, and is a um, very good wicketkeeper now for, um, for South Australia and Australia. So there's a couple of footy and cricket ones. Oh, for sure. For sure, there there really is, and I think there'll be more, more and more as the as the years goes on, years go on for sure. But yeah, that that is that is the uh, the end of the draft. Uh, feel free to to let us know what you think on the draft. There'll be a post uh, that I, that I'll make <laughs> that I'll create. Abuse us. Let I'm us used know. to it. I'm an umpire. Just tell us we're stupid. I <laughs> do it like it. do it like Darcy Byrne Jones and. Uh... <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Let us let us know what you think. Who who you might have. Uh, uh, included uh, in your top five. There's there's so many. I don't think we even scraped the surface of how many there were. But there you go. Um, yeah, just obviously. Um, thanks for listening to the Under Pressure podcast today. We're uh, remember to 
uh, like, share, and subscribe to uh, our, all our social media on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and Twitter. Uh, the Under Pressure One underscore and Under Pressure Podcast on Facebook. Um, we are on uh, the Podbean app as well. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify at the Under Pressure Podcast, and as well on uh, Apple Podcast too. Would be great if you could. Uh, the click click the subscribe bu- button it always uh, helps out and gets the uh, gets the ball rolling and uh, as well on uh, the Google Podcasts as well we're on on that now we're uh, branching branching out so uh, and also always 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 looking to to plug the show and uh, and and get some sponsorship so if you ever uh, uh, if you have any any sponsorship that uh, you'd, that you'd uh, like to, to get on the show and uh, or sponsor the show. And I'd love to include it um, uh, in each and every show touch base through uh, all the, the social, social media platforms and uh, we'll get it going. But thank you to Zach for, for joining us on what was a pretty, pretty long and extensive uh, under pressure podcast this week. We didn't know how long it would go for and we have managed uh, to talk for, for quite a fair while. So um, I appreciate you joining me, Zach. And uh, no, no worries. You got to start it with the injuries. We were never going to stop after that. So <laughs> it's been good fun. That's exactly right. That, thanks very much to Zach. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you on the next. <laughs>